Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, this is pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You are Locked On Dolphins, your daily podcast on the Miami Dolphins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Dolphins, and welcome in to a game day edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. I am your host, Travis Winkfield, and I'm here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And as you know, today's show is all about the game night against the Atlanta Falcons down in Miami, Florida. News, notes, as well as who stood out and who hurt their chances of making the roster or contributing in some way to the roster against the Atlanta Falcons here tonight. The Dolphins are coming up on the fourth quarter here as I'm starting to record this episode. Let's get you an advertisement read, and then we'll get you right back into the podcast for a recap on tonight's game. And now, insurance-minded speeches from GEICO. Hardship. My grandmother would go through it every month to pay her insurance bill. First, she would handwrite a paper check, in cursive. Then, using her own tongue, she would wet a stamp for an envelope. Today, however, we need not weary our hands and tongues... Today, we can pay our GEICO bill with the GEICO app. Away with hardship, in with bill pay on the GEICO app. Thank you. All right, so I'm here watching the Dolphins right now. We're nearing the end of the third quarter here, and uh, the game is about to come to a con- uh, conclusion, I should say, as the fourth quarter typically in the in the first preseason game is a lot of guys that are going to be bagging groceries in a few weeks. So I figured I would be on the mic recording for you guys so I could post this episode as soon as the game concluded. I will get you a final score at the end of the show just so in case you didn't get a chance to catch the game and we'll keep you up to date. All right, so the first news of the night is uh, not a good not good news, uh, not a good note here. Raquan McMillan went out on the opening punt of the game uh, after the Dolphins' first three and out series. He was covering a punt and it looks like he got bumped on the knee and he left the field or left the game, was downgraded to out after being examined. And uh, I don't know if we know who Andy Slater on Twitter is, but Andy Slater says Raekwon has a torn ACL. It sounds like they think it's a torn ACL. So the first series on defense for the Dolphins, or before they can even get on defense, they lose their starting middle linebacker and promising-looking rookie Raekwon McMillan to a feared ACL injury. Uh, I will keep you guys updated on that as I know more. It sounds like it's coming out right now that that's the news, but I have not heard officially from the team or anything. But I will keep you updated at Twitter. Uh, on Twitter at Wingfield NFL. And while you're there, go ahead and give me a follow. Check out some of my previous articles, thirdand10.com, uh, as well as Locked On Dolphins podcast. Go ahead and subscribe to the podcast. Give me a five star rating. Write me a review. Do all that fun stuff. And check on check out the other family of Locked On Sports podcast, Miami Heat, and Locked On NFL. All that good stuff. All right, so some of the guys that were on the field tonight for the first series, the offense started out with Matt Moore at quarterback, and Damian Williams was at his side in the backfield as the runner. The receivers were the same guys you always know, Kenny Stills, Devontae Parker, and Jarvis Landry, with Julius Thomas at tight end. 
the offensive line was the strange one. There was some some backups across the line there. The offensive line opened up with Jesse Davis at left tackle, Anthony Steen, the left guard, Jake Brendel was a center, Jermon Bushrod, your only starter from last season or this season going into this to the year as starter at right guard, and then Avery Young was the right tackle. Now, this offensive line struggled on the, in the first drive, didn't get a lot of push off the line in the running game, and really struggled to open holes for Damian Williams early on. So they made a change on the second series, and it was Avery Young at left tackle. Or, I'm sorry, excuse me. Sam Young was a left tackle, Jesse Davis at left guard, Brendel at center, Anthony Steen kicked over to right guard, and Eric Smith was the right tackle. So a young group, a group of guys are trying to get some some continuity with out there, trying to get some playing time, not really putting the uh, first guys in harm's way. The talent, the skill position players on the field were Brandon Dowdy came in for that second series. Damian Williams remained. Marquise Gray came in at tight end, made a nice few plays. Anthony Fasano and the receivers were Jakeem Grant and Leonte Carew out wide in a, in a 12 personnel with two tight ends and two receivers opposed to the typical three receivers and one tight end the Dolphins roll with. Defensively, they had to make a change because of the McMillan injury. He never even got to see a snap on defense. But up front, I, I think this as a whole, actually, for the defense is probably going to be your opening day starting lineup. And we'll get to that here in a minute. But Andre Branch, Devon Godshow, and Dominican Sue, Cam Wake up front. Kiko Alonso and Lawrence Timmons were the linebackers. And Mike Hole filled in for the injured Raekwon McMillan. Byron Maxwell and Xavier Howard. Bobby McCain in the slot with Rashad Jones back and looking as ferocious as ever. And TJ McDonald was the other safety alongside him. So the starting defense looked to be the one that was the group that you'll see on opening day against Tampa Bay. And they, believe it or not, let up an opening drive touchdown against the Falcons tonight. So now that the Dolphins have some more bad news with the injury front, again, let's get to some good performances tonight. Uh, The one guy that really stands out, and he's been kind of the key point in practice because of the guy he's replacing potentially, and that's Devon Godshow, had a phenomenal night tonight. He's got that good short burst, a really good get-off, plays with a good pad level, plays underneath his opponent, has very violent hands, but he has good hand placement. He On the first series, or I believe it was the second series, he drove his guy right into the backfield. I think at this point it's his job to lose. Jordan Phillips kind of needs that Jay Ajayi treatment. He had another penalty tonight where he's he's doing he had a holding penalty on the defensive line. So it, whether it's the encroachments or the holdings, he's he's always doing something that's getting himself in trouble and and negatively impacting his film grade. And he did it again here tonight. And he had a couple of good plays as well. But he's just so hot and cold that it's hard to rely on that guy. And another guy vying for his spot, Vincent Taylor, had a nice run stuff as well towards the end of the first half. Another newcomer showing out for the Dolphins tonight was defensive end William Hayes. You figure he's going to probably split his snaps with Cam Wake on the edge out there and be more of a run defender, and tonight he showed that off a lot. He he stacks and sheds really well. He pursues from the backside very well. Good speed off the edge. Just does a lot of things for you well. Has a good veteran presence. He showed out pretty well tonight. Kiko Alonso, speaking of speed, made a nice play where he chased the running back down to the sideline. I think him on the weak side is going to, be a, going to improve his production a lot more this season and, and give you more of a, a solid performance from him after the big contract. Kenyon Drake, that one cut running style of his is perfect for the zone scheme. He has such good speed to the outside. He can plant his foot and get upfield and, and turn out positive yardage. Love seeing that guy run. I think he should be your number two running back this year. Mentioned Marquise Gray in the open, the tight end, had three catches on one drive, showed some good athleticism kind of to come back to a ball off of his body. And he just remains an awesome run blocker. Really like watching him get out there on the edge and seal the edge with some big runs on that outside zone that the Dolphins love to run so much. Speaking of run blocking offensive line, there really wasn't a whole lot of positive to say about the first group. Anthony Steen, I thought, played better as the game went on. He had a really nice seal block downfield. Uh, on on a big Kenyon Drake run. So not a lot to write home from the offensive line in the first night, but it was mostly backup. So we'll get to that next game more. 
on the defensive side of the ball, I'm just more excited about the depth of this team. And I know Raekwon going down and, and possibly having that ACL injury really, really sucks. But there's better depth on this team in general, just across the defensive line. I think you're going to have a much better defensive end rotation with Charles Harris, who had a pretty good night. He showed off that spin move at one point. It, it looked as good as advertised. So uh, good news there on the on the rookie front from his production standpoint. William Hayes figures into the rotation with Andre Branch and Cam Wake. That's four guys. Terrence Fidey had a good game tonight as well. So that's five guys really that can contribute off the edge and give you some snaps in the regular season. Inside, it's a little bit different. Depends on what happens with Jordan Phillips, really, because without him, you, you start getting into that depth more and more. But he has to show out better. And, and I think as a backup and maybe a reserve role behind God Show in the beginning, that'll be a better fit for him as long as he responds positively with a and doesn't give a, the JHI a bad attitude he had last year in the beginning of the season. Grading these secondary players, it's it's pretty difficult to do on these broadcast versions, especially with the Dolphins, uh, uh, the Dolphins home team hometown uh, production of the of the game. It's I mean we already have Bob Greasy and and Kim Bocamper and Dick Stockton and these guys mispronouncing every name in the book possible. They actually called him Alterian Werner for Alteron Werner at one point tonight, and Bob Greasy forgets where he is by the end of the first quarter when he's drowning himself in and wild turkey and, and diet coke so you know this production is not very good as it is they don't really show you a lot of replay so it's kind of hard to say but the one play that i did note on was tj mcdonald on that touchdown the falcons scored on the first drive i mean it's typical falcons where they they run a play action misdirection it doesn't really matter who they run on that play whether it's matt ryan and kyle shanahan or the backup quarterback and now steve sarkeesian they just get it it's it looks good it's well timed it's well conceived it's well designed all that good stuff i mean it, it just they they that's their bread and butter that's what they do and they did it tonight against the Dolphins and TJ McDonald kind of came down in that Rashad Jones role where he blitzed off the strong side C gap and he and Kiko Alonso kind of got caught and McDonald chased on the ball carrier they leak out a running back in the flat for an easy pitch and catch for a long touchdown run after that so a mistake on McDonald's part but he'll get that ironed out I don't know that's necessarily his fault he probably was supposed to be crashing in anyways but that's something we'll be able to tell better on film and I'll get you guys a, a more comprehensive film review of the game probably next Monday once it comes out on, on Game Pass. But that leads us into our poor efforts, so to speak, on the game for the Dolphins. I mentioned the guys in the booth already. That was my first note because it's it's been a, a thing now for several years where we just don't expect much out of the, the broadcast booth. I listen to the games on mute most of the time just because there's not really a point listening to those guys, but they had a rough night. Matt Burke, there was a play early in the first quarter where it was a third and 15 that came after a third and 20 where Terrence Fidea jumped off sides and they dropped God show in coverage. I just don't understand that because you protect the hook zone from underneath. Even if you protect that, that's a place you want them to throw the football. You don't want to challenge them to throw it deep. So you have God show just relenting any pass rush that he has available. And you allow those in hooks that the Falcons ran to develop down the field because there's a vacated area there rather than being the one in the short area and the Falcons, sure enough, take advantage of that and hit us for 16 yards, first down. Just don't understand that type of, of play calling. It was a thing last year that worked out sometimes, sometimes it didn't. So still not in love with that that style of defense. First play on the game for the offense is a timeout. Now, that's pretty inexcusable. I'm sure Adam Gaze will have uh, have the guys butts chewed for that one. The, like I mentioned earlier in the show, the interior line looked confused on opening in the opening series, but it's mostly the backups, so not too much to worry about there. Brandon Dowdy, I don't think he's long for this roster. He's got no arm skills. He throws from the back foot a few times. He has an ugly, ugly interception. Just looks really bad. The touchdown pass he had to Leontay Carew was all Leontay Carew, who adjusted to the ball in the air. And forgive me for not mentioning him in the open, but Leontay Carew deserves 
a pat on the back for that touchdown catch. Just a great adjustment on the ball in the air. Not really anything the quarterback did special, but a good play from the receiver. Storm Johnson had that big kickoff return, and I think he's probably going to get some credit for that. But he looked so slow coming out of that break, and the hole was just open for him. So he made, you know, he made the play with what was there. Mike Hole, he came in for Raekwon McMillan, and you just see where that lack of depth at linebacker last year really killed the Dolphins, and it killed them tonight when Raekwon went out because Mike Hole was completely washed out on a long run from the Ward kid from Atlanta towards the end of the first half that set up the touchdown, and Michael Thomas comes flying in and still does not understand angles to save his life, so he completely whiffs on that one. Again, I, I really hope that we don't have to see him playing that dime safety role that he kind of played last year, especially late in the year when there was a lot of injuries and they were banged up because it's just not fit for him. So a lot of good tonight, a lot of bad. Raekwon McMillan, it's, uh, that's a scary situation. I don't know what to think of that. It's going to be, I think, I think I'm expecting bad news on that. Just from the tweets that I saw, uh, Kevin Durham, my former podcast co-host, texted me and said it doesn't look good for him either. So I'll check on that and get back to you guys here. I'm going to go ahead and pause this, watch the rest of the game, and I'll come back and record towards the end. So you'll hear from me here in about one second. And courtesy of a 99-yard touchdown catch by Demoria Stringfellow, the Dolphins pull off the comeback win 23-20. to But the big news of the night remains linebacker Raekwon McMillan now getting reconfirmation that it is a torn ACL from a couple of guys on Twitter, including Andy Slater, who is a Miami area radio personality. And he's getting the reports from the team themselves. So it sounds like Raekwon McMillan, your starting middle linebacker, going to miss this entire rookie season and will be put on the shelf for 2018. The Dolphins are now down their starting quarterback, middle linebacker, and left guard before the first game is even concluded, or, or I suppose it is now, but before it was. That's what they're uh, dealing with in Miami right now. So the training room a little bit more full today. A big loss for the Dolphins. That linebacker unit was supposed to be a strength after being such a weakness for several years. And they're already down one guy to start the season. So not good news. Not a good night for the Dolphins based on that alone. And, uh, you know, the big question really is whether or not he should have been playing on special teams right away. I'm not going to sit here and point fingers at Adam Gaze or Darren Rizzi or whoever it was that decided to have him play special teams. It was a freak thing, a freak bump. He just got ran into awkwardly, and that's that's what happens. You know, you can't you can't expect these guys to be in bubble, bubble wrap until the season starts. They got to get ready for game action, and covering a punt is is pretty routine and pretty basic thing, and it just happens. Sometimes it happens, and it happened tonight. So, Rayquan McMillan out for the year, torn ACL, and uh, let's get to some good news here before I get out of here. One more thing: the Twitter mailbag. We had a guy asking a question tonight, Joey Nav Nave. I, I think it's Joey Nave at Joey Nave. That's N A V E. He asks. Is it laughable to think that Gay staked his job on Jay Cutler? A lot of analysts have said this, and I don't know if I believe it or not. Well, Joey, I, th- I think it's pretty laughable in a sense that J- that he is risking his job in year two after bringing a team that's been perpetually 7-9, 8-8 in that range, bringing him to the playoffs in his first season, and now he loses a starting quarterback, and because he signs another one that's putting his job on that quarterback – not really sure I understand that. A 34-year-old Jay Cutler most likely is here for one more year, and then he's going to go back to the bo- the broadcast booth, collect his $10 bucks, unless he blows up and becomes some kind of Carson Palmer reemergence as a great quarterback like he did with the Arizona Cardinals after leaving the Oakland Raiders. But I think Jay Cutler is going to be a one a good bridge, good one-year stopgap to get us back to Ryan Tannehill, who Adam Gaze is in love with. He's not going anywhere. He's the quarterback of this team. So no, or yes, to answer your question, it's very laughable to think that Adam Gaze is staking his job on Jay Cutler. 
All right, guys, that's going to do it for me tonight. Just remember that some of the players I may not have mentioned tonight, along with DeMorey Stringfellow's 99-yard touchdown catch, which was impressive. I've been a big fan of that guy's for a while. Just remember that those guys, I want to see them flash in two games before I start getting too excited about them. So, But definitely note that big 99-yard touchdown catch because he made two nice plays in this game that were worth noting. But uh, I'm going to get out of here. That's it for me tonight. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast. Leave me a five-star rating and write a review that really helps broadcast me to more Dolphins fans gets the show more popular allows me to keep doing it follow me on Twitter at Wingfield NFL and check out thirdand10.com for all the quarterback goings on around the league I'll be back tomorrow for another edition of the Lockdown Dolphins podcast your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football fins up is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org catalyst.